Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, The Real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with holistic veterinarian Dr. Jean Hovey. She's internationally known for her expertise in pet food and nutrition. Dr. Jean has written hundreds of articles. She's lectured on pet topics throughout the United States and has appeared on radio and TV around the world. Her articles have been published in Animal Wellness, Feline Wellness, The Whole Dog Journal, The Whole Cat Journal, Cats, Dog World, Let's Live, Journal of the Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy, Journal of the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, and many other publications. Her award-winning website, littlebigcat.com, is a respected source of information on feline health, nutrition, and behavior. And Dr. Jean, she currently lives in Denver with four fabulous felines, Flynn, Puzzle, Sundance, and Spencer. And by the way, congratulations, Dr. Jean. Little Big Cat just won the 2011 Muse Medallion from the Cat Writers Association for the best website. That's fabulous. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about the Muse Medallion, and that is a that is a terrific honor, and it's uh, it's nice to get recognition for for uh, the ten years of labor that's gone into it. Yeah, I know it's been a labor of love, and I have to say, I originally discovered you through LittleBigCat.com, and you know I've done a lot of work with Jackson Galaxy, who I know you you guys used to partner together, and. Y'all have done some amazing things. I think you have the most respected cat site anywhere. So well, congratulations. That's fabulous. Yeah, Jackson and I are still, you know, we're still up to no good. So uh, Excellent. <laughs> so you can look forward to things coming down the road. <laughs> excellent. Well, you know, and like we had chatted a moment ago, kitties tend to get the short end of the stick today. We have a lot of info for dogs. But there's not a lot of great, good information for cats. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, that's the way Jackson and I got together because, you know, if if you have a dog, you can look anywhere on the Internet and see what to feed the dog, how to train the dog, how mm-hmm. to house train the dog. You know, a dog with a behavior problem, you you automatically know you need to call your vet or you need to call a trainer. Yeah. People don't understand that cats get behavior problems too, and they can be trained. But most cats, we get this all the time. People call up and say, this cat's been peeing on the couch for four years, and I'm going to take it to the shelter tomorrow unless you can fix it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, A, don't threaten me. That's not that, a helpful approach. No, and it's not good for and, your cat either, by the way. No. Nobody and, likes that. You know, and, and, but the, how many people don't call us and just take the cat to the shelter because they've yeah. lived with a problem that could have been solved? Yeah. But people don't understand. You can train a cat. You can fix behavior problems in cats yeah. easily. Yeah. And you just have to think a little bit like a cat and see the world through their point of view. And that's what we've tried to do is, uh, with Little Big Cat is, is, you know, be an advocate for the kitties and show people what cats need to be healthy and happy and well-behaved. Yes. Thank you for saying that, and thank you for taking a stand for kitties everywhere. <laughs> As I know, they feel like you're their champion. Well, I try, and I, I annoy a lot of people, too. But I'm, Well, know. good. <laughs> they probably you know, needed I, to be I, annoyed. 
Yeah, yeah. cuz I tell the truth and people don't always like to hear the truth. Yeah. But uh yeah. You know, uh, I'm the only one who's who's standing there standing up for the cat. So Yes, and thank God for it. So I I appreciate you, your work. Yeah, we so got to take care of them animals. Yeah, now. we do. They take care of us in every way they can. My goodness, don't they? You know? Yeah, and, and then they're, you know, master healers and teachers and they're mirroring back to us our own imbalances and then we get fussy about it and think it's about the cat when in fact it's really more about us, you know, and oh how we're living our life and and not yeah. not doing well. So, yeah, we really need to honor and respect them. Absolutely. So let's talk about pet nutrition. I know it's near and dear to your heart. Um, so let's. what do you want to say about that? Let's jump into it. Well, you know, nutrition is the foundation of everything. It's the foundation of health. Without good groceries, you don't have good health. Yeah. And you know, people are out there, they're looking for the next herb or the homeopathic remedy. And if if you're feeding, you know, the tw- Frito Twinkie junk food, mm-hmm. how is your animal going to heal? You can give them all the herbs in the world, yeah. but that's not going to fix things. You, just got, you have to start with diet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know one thing you say I really love, it's, it's like eating at McDonald's every day and expecting that if you take vitamins, it makes up for it. So, right, right. Yeah. Ask Morgan Spurlock how that was working for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, I know you have a ton of information about that um, on your website. Again, that's littlebigcat.com, L-I-T-T-L-E-B-I-G-C-A-T dot C-O-M, littlebigcat.com. And I, I know you also say that the most common problems that vets see are actually diet-related. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that a second. So all the different things that you see, so skin and ear infections and allergies, including hot spots, urinary tract disease, which is so classically common with cats, um, mm-hmm. with kidney failure. Uh, my dog did that last year, and thanks to diet, by the way, everybody, thanks and to you, um, thanks to diet, he's he's normal now. His kidneys wow. have fully recovered. So. Um, bladder infections, uh, crystals, kidney stones, gastrointestinal problems like chronic vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, food allergies, inflammatory bowel disease, and then arthritis. Oh my God, especially um, a critical problem oh, with healthy. overweight, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then upper respiratory infections and eye infections and all that sort of right. thing. Those are highly nutrition related in cats, and people don't know that. So, so tell us more about that. Well. Well, let me start by dumping on my favorite subject, which is dry cat food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, you know, dry cat food, it is so convenient. It's inexpensive. You put it in one of those giant, you know, water bottles that you get from the health mm-hmm. food store, and, you know, you, and you don't have to fill it up for six weeks. Right. <laughs> you don't ever worst, have to think about it. Worst thing in the world for you to do. Yeah. And, and for for many reasons. One is that cats are hunters, and and I'm sure everybody's watched, you know, Wild Kingdom or Animal Planet, and, you know, the lions, they go out and they kill a zebra and they eat it right down to the bone, they stuff themselves, they sleep for three days, and they get up and go look for a wildebeest. Mm -hmm. They don't eat 24-7. They don't have food available all around the clock. It is not good for our cats to be eating all the time because then the GI tract never, ever gets a chance to rest. And cats really need that. They, their stomach is large and their intestine is short. Mm-hmm. They're designed to process a big meal and then go look for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside of a kitty cat looks exactly like the inside of a tiger. Ah. So, um, you know, there's no difference physiologically there. Um, my my mammalogy teacher used to say, you know, undress any size of cat and you can't tell them apart. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, you know, so yeah. it's really important to to allow the GI tract to rest between meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the other thing is the dry food itself. I think is just anathema. It's really so so terrible for our cats. Now, you know, I admit that even I keep a little dry food around, mm-hmm. and I use it as bait or a treat mm-hmm. or, you know, like yesterday it was snowing like crazy. Um, and if I had run out of everything else, 
you know, it's a nice thing to have your cat willing to eat in an emergency, mm-hmm. but it should be considered emergency rations, really. Ah, um, wow. Because it is just not a suitable diet. A dry food is dry. Cats are desert animals, and they normally would get their water from their prey. They don't drink very often. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, the prey animal mm-hmm. with the blood and everything is about 65% water. Wow. So they they are not big drinkers and they don't have a strong thirst drive. So cats that are fed wet food actually take in twice as much water just from the food as cats who eat dry food and then try and drink from a bowl. Yeah. So yeah. that makes a huge difference, and especially where we're talking kidneys, kidneys and bladder. It is so important to keep those flushed out in kitties, and the dry food creates a state of dehydration, a perpetual dehydration. Ooh. Now, it's, it's, um, in vet school we were taught that um, if we assessed an animal to be 3 to 5% dehydrated, that was time for intravenous fluids. That's wow. not just, you know, that's a serious de- uh, dehydration. And our cats that are eating only dry food are walking around 2 to 3% dehydrated 24-7 their whole lives. That is rough on those kidneys, mm-hmm. oh. really, really rough. Yeah. And the ingredients in dry food and the heat processing and, you know, there are just so many reasons why it's bad. And before anybody says a word, dry food does not clean the teeth. I do not floss <laughs> with saltine crackers mm-hmm. and cats do not get a, a dental visit every time they eat a kibble. Let's just clear that one up just right now. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's it's like, okay, if we eat crunchy cracker or cookies, you know, then our teeth should be clean. We probably shouldn't have to floss, uh, floss or brush our teeth, right? No. Right. Same no. thing for animals. Who in the world came up with such a bunch of, bunch of load of nonsense? Well, the pet food manufacturers, because yeah. I actually track this, but you know me and I get into a, Library and you can you can kiss me goodbye for days. But I tracked <laughs> it back to articles from the 60s and 70s that that said that found that dry food created slightly less tartar than wet food. Slightly. That is not no tartar, and that is not negative tartar. It's not taking tartar off. It might make a little bit less tartar. But there's another study that goes with it that they actually fed cats by a tube. Mm-hmm. So that no food ever passed through their mouth, mm-hmm. and those cats still created tartar. Yeah. yeah, it had nothing to do with the food. It's more of a genetic thing. Whether your your animal is a is a tartar former or not is is really highly genetic. And in my experience, um, you know, there are certain cats that produce a lot of tartar. Others that that. Uh, produce tremendous gingivitis and inflammation instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, others produce both. It's it's really, it doesn't have all that much to do with diet. I was going to say, I think it has a lot more to do with the systemic health of the body, the, the whole Absolutely. body itself. So yeah. I, I know there's also a key thing here, and I know you'd wanted to talk about this too, is the vaccinations. And I, I know originally uh, my cat... Um, I had two kitties, uh, and one lived to 19 and a half, and one was very close to that when she passed. Um, and I remember taking them in and while well, they were senior kitties, and um, the, the vet looked at their teeth, expecting their teeth to be bad, and, um, and they were not. Their teeth were fine, mm-hmm. and uh, had, they had never had dental cleaning. They'd never had any work done on their teeth, and he really couldn't believe it, and um, I hope the vaccine police don't come and get us. <laughs> but I had stopped vaccinating them. They they got you know some beginning shots when uh, back when I first got them as babies. Um, but then I I stopped vaccin- vaccinating. And I, and when I said that to this vet who happened to be a holistic vet also, um, he told me that he thought that was the major correlation there that mm-hmm. in animals that are vaccinated and over vaccinated that he sees uh, a lot of degeneration in their mouth and their gums and their teeth. Do you find yeah. that true also? Do you th- I do. I, I think it's partly that. I had two old cats. Um, my last generation of cats lived to 17 and 20, mm-hmm. and they never had a tooth problem either. Yeah. Uh, and 
I, you know, honestly, I don't think they make cats like that anymore. You know, as the well, generation that was not raised on processed food yeah. and was not raised with tons of vaccines, as that generation is gone, we are seeing sicker and sicker animals oh, at younger oh. and younger ages. Oh, it's so sad. Oh. Yeah. And oh, dental disease, of course, is the number one most common disease that veterinarians see. Right. Um, I didn't even put that on my list, but yeah. yes, it's certainly yeah. a, a big one. Um, and it is, it's a, it's a systemic health thing. You know, things are going to show up in the gateways, mm-hmm. you know, in the, uh, the mouth and the upper respiratory, the upper GI. Those are the red flag places that things are going to show up when, uh-huh. you know, because they're, they're more towards the outside of the body and the vital force of the animal can push symptoms outwards and keep them from affecting vital organs. That's why you see so much skin skin mm. stuff and mouth and, you know, um, even urinary tract because it's an excretory organ. But you see things that are kind of vented to the outside world mm-hmm. rather than, you know, where the animal can push uh, toxins out instead of, you know, for instance, storing them as liver cancer or something mm-hmm. hideous yeah. like that. Right. So it's a sign of a good vital force that the animal is pushing symptoms towards the outside but obviously it hasn't been entirely successful in pushing them all the way out of the body, and that's where we have to support them with nutrition, holistic care, not over-vaccinating, all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That is so important and a great way to look at these kinds of problems that I think most owner, most most kitty, you know, or, or animal people, and, and a lot of vets, I think, too, seem to miss. I just missed that, and that's such a critically important thing to know. Yeah, and it's just okay. common sense, but to know when you go to vet school, yeah, everybody has to go through that long, dark hall mm-hmm. where they beat the common sense out of you. With <laughs> oh, oh, I hate that. Yeah, I, I got such I, a I good didn't do so on well it. in that class, actually. I bet you didn't. <laughs> I would, I would be worried about bad handwriting, though. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, got totally destroyed in vet school. <laughs> I understand. Uh, but, you know, I would worry about a vet that went through that, that it didn't bother them, you know, that they, you know, were just like, oh, okay, and just. Yeah, they just believe it. That's a problem. And, you know, I had a real advantage because I went to vet school mm-hmm. in my 30s. I had wow. had other careers. I had oh. done every kind of darn thing. I was a deputy sheriff for heaven's sake. Oh, my God. Yeah. And That's I, amazing. I had, yeah, and I had always wanted to be a vet and, and uh I was a deputy in Boulder, Colorado, and I was having a having a good old time on one of my days off. Picked up a catalog from <laughs> Colorado State University for my roommate, and I was flipping through it that night. and uh, And I swear, Bob says he could see the light bulb come on over my head when I read the page about veterinary medicine. I thought, oh, if only I'd done that 20 years ago. And, uh-huh. and then the light bulb came on. I said, well, why don't I do it now? <laughs> well, hey. Three days later, I started classes. Wow! Oh, what a brilliant, brilliant guidance. Was, you know, yeah. when the when the universe, when you're paying attention, yeah, the universe will absolutely lead you on. Yes. But you know, as coming in as an older student, uh, you know, my BS tolerance meter mm-hmm. is set on um, very sensitive. Yeah. So. Yes. You know, but the <laughs> kids that are coming in, they've had two or three or four years of college. They have no real-world experience. They're coming in. They believe everything that they're spoon-fed. Yeah. You know, the older students came in and were oh. like, seriously? I don't really think so. Yeah, this doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. You're yeah, right. So it, it was right. a real advantage to come in as an older student and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and be able to really assess what they were saying wow. and seeing where it ranked on my on my BS meter. Whoa, that one pegged it. Uh, <laughs> I bet your uh, teachers loved you. <laughs> yeah, I think we were the least popular class to ever go through <laughs> CSU. <laughs> there were a lot of older students in my class. <laughs> they didn't like us. They really, really didn't like us. Oh, yeah. I love it. Thank questions. Yeah, hello. That's what you're there for. Yeah, and, you know, if they're just spitting out pablum that's been un un. BS'd, you know, has not been filtered. Yeah, Yeah, and it's the same old thing. They need to be called on that shit. That's not right. All right. Well, so seriously, Art, let me just tell you this one thing. Okay. Okay. Stuart can edit it out if he wants to. (laughs) Um, In in vet school, 
our nutrition class was half a semester, and it was almost entirely on how to um, create a cow ration so you can grow cows really fast. Uh, And we had one two-hour lecture on pet nutrition, and it was taught by a guy from health who came in and said, ADs for anorexia, DDs for dermatology, KDs for kidneys. Any questions? Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. It was it, it was horrifying. Yeah. It was yeah. just horrifying. Yeah. It is um, horrifying. Yeah. You know, CSU since uh since then got a had a better guy in uh, in charge although he's now retired. But uh you know, he really emphasized nutrition. He saw the wisdom yeah. of it and yeah. he he taught the classes that he was in charge of got a really good foundation in nutrition, but who knows anymore. Yeah, who knows anymore? And uh, you may know, doc- you know, I think you know Dr. Richard Pitcairn. Oh yeah, yeah. Richard, I go way back. I just talked to him last. Week. Did you? I love that. Yeah. You know, I interviewed him for the show also, um, and he was telling us some really awful stories similar, you know, to what he had gone through and how he made the connection with with nutrition, um, and applied it. And then he was poo pooed. You know, he was like run out. <clears throat> run out! It, they weren't. They wouldn't let him even teach that. I know it's horrifying. It and is Richard, horrifying. Who is, and, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then we go to our vets, and we expect them to help us with nutrition. And what do they do? They they sell us, you know, the science diet or or, or hills or whatever that's crap they, they have. have. That's all that's they know. They that's know. what they've been taught. Yeah. That's all and they that, were taught. That's where they get their continuing education is from the the hills and the Purina and the Iams reps that come around. Oh, we've got a new thyroid diet for cats. Yeah, it doesn't have enough iodine to keep your cat alive, but right, it'll but you really can bring sell those it. numbers down. Yeah, you can you can sell it, and you can sell a lot of it, and you know we'll help you support your practice. And uh, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, and then it's you know, and then you go to you go to the conferences, and who's there? Yeah, exactly. They're sponsored. The exhibits. Sponsored. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So let's talk about the pet obesity epidemic. Oh, yeah. So are our pets, are our, are our animals really all that fat? I mean, we've got diabetes going on. We've got fat cats. We've got, you know, heavy, obese animals. I know one of my clients had what looked like a walking ottoman. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, the legs, you could still see the legs, and they could, in fact, still mobilate, but, uh, you know, get around, emulate. Um, but literally they were as wide and as broad as an ottoman. It was just, uh, it was yeah, or a hairy heart. ottoman with feet. Exactly. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a lot of those. In fact, yeah. I was, I was. Uh, you know how you get stuck on YouTube? You know, <laughs> somebody sends you a cute video, and then it says you might like click, and you, then you might like click, uh-huh. and hours, with, you know, days hours. later, yes. And it, you know, so I was up late the other night, and. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one of those compilations, funniest cat videos, uh-huh. and there were two cats in there that had to bend 35, 40 pounds. Uh-huh. And let me just say, that is animal cruelty, and you should be locked up wow. for allowing your animal to get in that state because they are painful, they are at risk for disease, and they are going to die young. Yeah. It, people think that these little round tubby cats are so cute mm-hmm. and and people equate food with love. I mean, Lord knows, yes. I am no skinny mini. I equate ice cream with love. Mm-hmm. And when I don't feel like I'm being loved, I love myself with that Ben and Jerry's. But you know, it's uh, it's we are in control of what our cats eat, and for us to let them get into that state is just a terrible thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, because obesity contributes to all the other problems that we were talking about—the skin. Yes. Problems are more common in, in fat cats. I have never taken a bladder stone out of a skinny cat. Mm. Uh, the, the, wow. uh, the IBD cats are usually fairly round. Arthritis is much worse in heavy cats. Uh, it's just, it's a serious, serious thing. Wow. And, uh, you know, there are body condition score charts. Purina has one. Mm-hmm. I have one on my website somewhere. And you can you can go look and see you know and the ideal the medium the median of all those is a fairly normal looking cat. Well, the research is that the healthiest animals are actually skinnier than that. They're actually wow. on the lean and underweight side. Wow. So even a normal cat 
is a little bit borderline too heavy. Wow. When when you come right down to it. I mean, you don't see fat lions and mountain lions and bobcats and mm-hmm. they don't get fat. Mm-hmm. You know, they eat what they need to stay alive. Our cats have food all the time. They Uh aren't out hunting and be exercising to get it. Right. Um, You know, I'm really, really big on uh, indoor enrichment for cats Mm. and play therapy Mm -hmm. and keeping them active. You know, if you have the ability to create a a safe outdoor enclosure for your cat, Mm -hmm. do it. That's Mm -hmm. one of my projects coming in the spring. I I've planted grass in this barren little spot, and I'm going to build them a little outside run, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, of course, it's, it's way too dangerous to just let them run loose outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, my, my neighbor's cat just disappeared recently, but, of course, mm-hmm. there's a bike path in front of our house that's called Coyote Superhighway. Ah, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, outdoor cats don't last long around here. Yeah. Um, and they don't last long around anywhere. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you know, we've got to we've got to be more cognizant of the serious serious health effects yeah. that uh, that occur when our cats are overweight. Yeah, yeah. So, I know you have um, um, an ebook actually available on your website in your bookstore and on Amazon um, for Kindle. Yeah, um, and you're working on different formats, but the the ebook is Fat Cats: A Holistic Veterinarian's Guide to Your Cat's Healthy Weight. Yeah, and yeah. that's just that's just short and sweet, and it's just mm-hmm. you know it lays it out. This is what you need to do. Good. This is why it's a problem. Okay. This is how your cat got that way, and okay. let me tell you, ninety percent of it is dry food. Wow. Because you know now think about. You, you know, you're going to hear me rag about dry food. Sorry. Get over yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dry food is like potato chips. Oh. And wet food is like mashed potatoes. Oh. Dry food is concentrated carbohydrate covered with grease, which is a perfect description of kibble. Wow. Concentrated carbohydrate sprayed with grease. Yeah. And boy, does it taste good. But how many potato chips can you eat before you get full versus how much mashed potatoes can you eat before you get full? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the wet food is the mashed potatoes. It's got a lot of moisture in it, which is great for the kidneys. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, um, you know, it's just so much more like what your cat would be eating mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. Did you see that article? There was a, a study published just a few weeks ago. And it had such surprising findings. Okay. And it, it they they allowed cats to choose from a whole buffet of different kinds of foods. And guess which one they chose? They chose the one that was most like their natural diet. Really? Can you believe that? I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's stupendous. Yes. And yes. they were surprised. It was like, oh my goodness! <laughs> After all the flavorings and the yeah, they chose the food that was most like a rat in composition of protein, fat, fiber, <laughs> moisture. They picked a rat. You know, why don't we have mouse flavored and rat flavored cat food? Don't you? I don't understand that. <laughs> when, when Purina was developing its diabetes uh, cat food, I was our clinic was participating in the study, and we. Behind the scenes, we called it rat in a can (laughs) because they actually analyzed the rat and they tried to mimic that formulation in their food. Mimic the rat. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out Fancy Feast actually does that pretty well, too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But, you know, here's the thing to remember. I mean, yes, canned food is more expensive. Yes, it smells funny. Um, But it's going to save you bazillions of dollars in fat bills. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to feed the fanciest, best, ultra-fabulous food. Here's the bottom line. The very, very best dry food is not anywhere near as good for your cat as the very worst wet food. Wow. The worst wet food is going to be so much better for your cat. Mm. It's the nature of the ingredients because they're fresher. Mm -hmm. They haven't been rendered. Mm -hmm. They haven't gone through that 
the high heat processing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Canned foods are cooked at a much lower temperature than dry foods. And they're cooked for a very short period of time, just long enough to kill the bacteria. Huh. And so they're less processed, and the enzymes are still denatured. I mean, it's still hot, yeah. you know. About, yeah. It's, I think it's 160 degrees, which is about what most water heaters are set at. Okay. Um, you know, and for uh, just a few minutes, just enough to heat it through and kill the bacteria. And, um, you know, but the so the ingredients come in as those in you know if it's a if it's a cheaper food it's going to be parts mm-hmm. and not not so much meat right. but even you know and i would rather not have byproducts be your main source of food but you know honestly if a cat is out there hunting a rat yeah he's going to eat the byproducts guess what it, yes. every part is important yes. so i like to uh, you know i like to emphasize meat in the diet because of course that's what they go for first yeah yeah but, you know, it's okay to feed the, some of the lesser quality foods if you need to. I mean, I would rather have you feeding fancy feasts than, than feeding like a really expensive, mm-hmm. grain-free, low-carb, fancy-bancy mm-hmm. uh, dry food because the, the side effects of dry food are just so terrible. And, uh, and grain-free dry foods are even more problematic in, in ways because they're more dehydrating. Really? Pro- protein is a diuretic. I oh. tell you, when I went on the Atkins diet, I peed like a racehorse. <laughs> it protein pulls water out. Okay. So these, you know, and when you're not taking the protein in with its own water, it actually is more dehydrating. So wow. it's re- that's a, you know, people are all about this this whole low carb thing. Yeah. You know, about that. Yeah, go ahead. It's great as long as you're using the right form of food. But a low-carb dry food, forget it. It's, uh, it's uh, not oh, going to do okay. the trick. Okay, okay. So a low-carb yeah. dry food, no. It's, no. no well, well, it's dry. Because it's dry. Yeah. Uh, but grain-free? Uh, and grain-free, well, grain-free is kind of a, that's a marketing trick because instead of grains, they just put potatoes and peas and starchy, sugary vegetables. You're not, you're not gaining anything. Huh. Um, by feeding grain-free. Interesting. You know, except for the very rare animals that are actually allergic to one of the grains. But right, right. Um, that's pretty rare. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, I asked Dr. Pitcairn. He had thought or felt that part of the problem was that the manufacturers were putting um, the grain byproducts, you know, the, the non-nutritional bits like the hulls and the, and just the crap, you know, the the waste left from processing grains. That that yeah, was well, what, what do you, what do you the think the vegetables was? look like that are going in there instead? Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, okay. It's uh, you can disguise anything in dry food. Yeah, that's true. You know, it just comes out brown mush. Yeah, pretty much unless it's colored <laughs> to appeal yeah. to our our senses. Yeah, and the yeah. stuff that uses you know denatured um, meats and byproducts that have been you know when they uh, when the inspectors condemn food for human consumption, it gets put in barrels and uh, and sprayed with uh, grape juice to make it purple uh, or charcoal to make it black. So it's really obvious that it can't go back onto the people's side. Uh-huh. So the, the foods that use those, the thing you'll see in them is titanium dioxide, which, really? is, which is white paint. They paint the food white, and then they add the food coloring to make it pretty. Oh, this is making me kind of sick. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if, we, if, if we see, um, let's talk about the ingredients in food then. So titanium dioxide is yeah, that. That tells you, automatically tells you they're using condemned parts. God. Oh, 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 okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um. Talk about why they get condemned, okay? Yeah, yeah. We need to go there. <laughs> oh, crap. Okay. So I know um, that you had talked a little bit ago, um, and we, we're starting to get into reading the label, knowing what we're looking for with yeah. ingredients. <clears throat> Can you give us some other short or, um, a tips on what to look for and what to avoid? Yeah, let me tell you the thing that took me years to figure out. 
And it is the most obvious thing in the world, and yet most people don't get it. That when you see, you know, because there's this constant argument, well, is meat meal actually better than fresh chicken because it's chicken meal better because it's really pure chicken protein and it's, you know what, rendered products, the meat meals, meat and bone meal, poultry byproduct meal, chicken meal, those are all rendered and they are only in dry food. So if you're not feeding dry food, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, and then then you're down to, to ingredients that, from the name of them, you'll probably know what it is, like chicken byproducts. It's obviously going to be the things that aren't meat on that chicken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the guts and the heads and the feet and, and all that. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. um, you know, I have had a cat puke up bird toes. I know they ate them. <laughs> <laughs> a bird beak. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. not yeah. pretty. <laughs> but, you know. But that's something a cat would actually eat voluntarily. So yes, it would. Know. And after you know, it threw it, it up, it'd probably eat it again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have to clean it up before one of the other cats gets it. That's right. Oh, oh, goody, a treat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Partly pre-digested. Um, yeah. That's good. When my dog was still alive, I I thought, boy, my cats sure don't have very many hairballs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had a Kitty vacuum with feet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay. Um, so so that's a really good point. Um, anything else you want to uh, tell us about uh, ingredients, things to watch out for or look for? Yeah. You know, I have, a, I have an article on my website uh, on selecting a good commercial pet food, and it talks about how to read a label and, and, uh, what okay. the what the ingredients mean and what you know it's very it's it's there are r- rules that govern how big the font can be on the front of the label mm. and how small the fine print can be mm. and how different you know how, what the difference is between those two fonts can't be more than x and you know there are all kinds of little crazy label rules and it, they're really handy to know uh-huh. um okay so it's you know it, we don't want to waste time talking about it, but got it. I okay, I have an article. But the, the thing that I do want to say about labels is this whole meat is the first ingredient. Okay, everybody does it. Pedigree started it, and now, and it was such a successful marketing ploy that everyone now does it. So it's now meaningless. But when they say meat is the first ingredient, now remember, let's let's call it chicken. Remember, a chicken is 65 to 70 percent water mm-hmm. when it walks in the slot into the slaughterhouse. Okay. Um, and what they do then is they take chicken meat and they add water to that. So now you have meat that's 70 percent water added to 90 percent more water. So you have water with a little tiny bit of chicken floating in it. Mm. And that's your chicken is the first ingredient. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Used to be called water for processing. <laughs> now it's called chicken. Now it's called chicken. <laughs> Crap. Okay. Somebody thought so. to put chicken in it, and they, because oh. of the way the ingredients are defined, uh-huh. you can call that chicken. God help us. Okay. So, you know, just forget about the meat as the first ingredient. Read all the ingredients. Read the first five at least. Okay. Because if it says chicken as the first ingredient, you better keep reading because it may very well be that the next three proteins are really what's in it. Uh-huh. Like okay. Like gluten or, you know, yeah. stuff like that may be. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Um, yeah. All right. And I know you have an e-book also. Um um, called What Cats Should Eat, How to Keep Your Cat Healthy with Good Food. Yes, I just yeah. revised that yesterday. Awesome. So it is up to the minute. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and again, littlebigcat.com in the bookstore or amazon.com for those. Right. Um, Fun has it for Kindle. Excellent. So. Perfect. Uh, so I know you talked a bit about the Purina, um, uh, Purina, um, there was um, a dog lifespan experiment uh, done. Do you want to talk about that a moment? 
Yeah, that that's a really interesting interesting one, and okay. that's where that's the one that they they fed um, the regular amount of food to a bunch of Labradors, and then seventy five percent of the regular amount of food to a bunch of Labradors, okay. and the and kept them leaner and lean, mean, hungry machines. Mm-hmm. And those dogs lived almost two years longer. And they, the onset of arthritis in these Labradors run around, and they all get arthritis. But the skinnier ones got arthritis later and less debilitating. Wow. And they live longer. So, you know, our animals are not, you know, being overweight is not good. Now, here's here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. The the control Labradors were fed according to the directions on Purina's own food. <laughs> so their own food, according to their own feeding directions, will kill your Labrador two years sooner. Wow. <laughs> like, um, whoa, wait a minute, who forgot to mention that? Yeah, and, and so I'm sure they're really promoting this study for uh, for all of us to know about, huh? Right, but they're not changing the feeding directions on the bed. <laughs> not. Well, of course not. Um, then we would not have all these problems. People wouldn't be feeding and going through as much food, um, right? right? They don't want you to feed less food. Exactly. And if you watch the commercials, they were actually, the FTC, I think, FD, FDA or FD, one of them F, um, <laughs> they actually got in real trouble wow. for misleading, and they had to redo the commercial. Because it, because it was so misleading. Wow. Because it says Purina fed correctly will uh-huh. keep your dog alive longer. Well, yeah, but they don't yeah, tell you what correctly is. Exactly. And, and they don't tell you it's their own food. Following their guidelines. the dogs earlier. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I know it's nuts. It's nuts. It is. It's nuts. These people, you know. Fire beware. Big, the big corporations, um, you know, uh, Procter & Gamble owns IAMS, Yukonuba, and now it owns Natura, so Evo, California mm. Natural, mm. HealthWise, all those all those really good foods. Used to be good foods. Used to be good foods. Uh, now there's, now the ingredients are coming from China, so so much for that. Um, you know, Hills is owned by Colgate Palmolive. Uh, practically everyone else is owned by either Purina or Mars, and these are giant conglomerates, and they are publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. And what that means under U.S. corporate law is that their first responsibility is to their shareholder profit. Yes. That is by law their number one goal. So when they tell you that your pets are their number one goal, they're breaking the law, and they're lying. They it's are. real simple. Yeah. 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 Thank you for bringing out that really important point. Most of us don't know. Yeah. Um, or we kind of know, but we don't hear it. Well, and you know, I think, too, we don't know what any alternatives are. I mean, the, the list that you just named used to be some of those companies were actually pretty good. They weren't science in the business. Science diet used to be good. Not anymore, Mm-mm. would you say? I mean, so who is good? Dr. Jean, can you make any recommendations? Are there well, you any? Would have to any get, you would have to get what cats should eat because that has my complete list of all my <laughs> brands. <laughs> Excellent. But Thank I, you. I put it on sale. Very Where nice plug. Nice plug for that. Yeah. No, yeah. really and I truly. Try not to, I yeah. try not to recommend brands, particularly on uh-huh. an open yeah. website. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I understand. Because that's, that's taking your chances with the, you know, with the legal beagles out there. Yes, and I understand. They could, you know, they could nail me for talking bad stuff about Purina, but, you know, I'll talk about bad stuff about anybody you want, Purina. Just send me a list. I'll... Get in line, yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about all of you sooner or later. Yeah, that's right. We're going to get to the rest of you, too. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense because this is a really big and deep and important topic, and it's not something that we could easily fully cover um, you know, and just just a short conversation like this. Yeah. Um, and my my ebook started out, I think it was nine pages. It's now thirty three pages. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, because I keep <clears throat> I keep thinking, 
well, people need to know this and that right. and the other thing. And, so, right. and some of it is, for, you know, brought in from my website, so it's all yeah. in one place. But yeah. there's, you know, it's that one is more comprehensive than any anything else I have, and I think it's pretty pretty good, and I've spent many sleepless nights working on it. So, Well, we appreciate your effort yeah. and your love for animals and that you're an advocate for them um, and that you are standing up against, in effect, the big dogs, the big cats, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. In this case. Fat cats. <laughs> <laughs> big fat cats. How about that? Um, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, They're all going to get diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing that dry food does, of course, the sickish cat diabetes, because mm-hmm. carbohydrates break down in sugars. And guess what? You have enough simple sugars long enough, you're going to get diabetic. Mm. Say that one more time. All carbohydrates break down into simple sugars, you know, so whether it's a grain-free carbohydrate or a grain carbohydrate or any other kind of carbohydrate, they break down into sugar. Mm-hmm. And so when, when a cat eats dry food, its blood sugar is going to spike. Its pancreas is going to be required to release insulin. It's going to create a, a, a cycle of high and low insulin, high and low sugar, that's what creates insulin resistance, mm. and that's what creates type 2 diabetes. Mm. And if if these cats are overweight, you know, you know right just looking at them, they're intolerant of carbohydrates. Cats don't even have the right enzymes to break down carbohydrates. Mm. You know, what, people and dogs, too, use carbohydrates, use glucose for fuel. Yeah. But our preferred source of car- of glucose is carbohydrates. That's what we are designed to run on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we all love fruit because it's high in sugar and that's an evolutionary desire for that kind of sweet stuff because it gives you more energy. Okay. Because it can be converted immediately. It's it's a sugar when it goes in, so boom, you got the energy ready to go. Mm-hmm. Cats break down fat and protein. Mm. For glucose they don't they will use carbohydrates if they need energy right at that minute but all the rest of them are stored as fat wow so you know cats can't metabolize large amounts of carbohydrates so and there are some high carbohydrate canned foods out there too you have to be a little careful yeah yeah okay And and canned food isn't perfect either. Uh, You know, I want to talk a little bit about homemade food because, you know, that's really where it's at. Okay. Um, Canned food, it turns out, is not perfect, and uh, and it may be associated with hyperthyroidism in cats because uh, of several factors. One is that there's BPA in a lot of the can, in the plastic linings in the cans. Ah. You know, when you open a can, it's... You know, it's this aluminum can. You don't think about it, but they have to be lined with plastic because you can't have acidic food sitting up against metal. It'll eat through it. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's always a plastic lining, and some of those have BPA. That is thought now to be contributing to thyroid disease. Um, pet food manufacturers okay. um, make the food according to the AFCO nutrient profiles or uh, something like them, um, but they but they want their foods to meet the guaranteed analyses become, because some states actually test for all those things. So if you guarantee calcium or methionine or taurine on your label, mm-hmm. Texas is going to test for that and make mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Um, but iodine is, is extensive and hard to test. It's, it's one of those things that's, you know, it's a complicated chemical analysis. So they just put plenty of it, mm. and it may vary from batch to batch. And this, this, um, the variations and the excesses are also thought to contribute to thyroid disease. Now, that's true of both canned and dry. Mm. And then some of the ingredients, the, the byproducts and the fish in particular, um, may be associated with a higher incidence of, of thyroid disease. Mm. So, you know, I'd rather have you feed canned food mm-hmm. than dry. But I'd really rather have you feed, you know, a really good homemade 
you know, quality controlled by your eyeballs kind of food. I love that. You know, I, I personally, from my story uh, with my dog, um, <clears throat> he he was in um, um, terminal kidney failure last Christmas. Uh, actually, started a year ago this week. Um, oh. And um, what the main one of the biggest parts of what I've done to help him is a, ho- a good quality homemade diet. Yeah. Um, and that's been a remarkable, you know, return to health for him. That and Kangen water, which I love, um, just really good water and good quality food. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, there's, you know, we don't know enough about pet food. I mean, the pet food companies like to tell us, we've done all this research and we have all the science and we know what we're doing well. No, we don't. No, we don't. Um, Marketing-wise, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But why is it, and it's usually cats that pay the price, yes, why right. is it that we keep discovering problems in the pet food that we now have to make a new pet food to solve the problem that we created with the other pet food? Yes. Um, urinary tract problems are one example. We had cats were getting struvite crystals because the the foods were going away from meat because meat's expensive mm. and technology was making it possible to harvest more of the meat from an animal for the human side and there means less meat available for the pet food mm. and so they were substituting more and more and more corn in particular. Oh, wow. Corn is low in lysine. Uh-huh. Lysine okay. is a limiting amino acid in corn. So now we're Cats would have gotten a ton of lysine in a meat-based diet, uh-huh. are now not getting it from a corn-based diet. And guess what? All our cats have herpes. It's called rhinotracheitis. If they don't have it, we vaccinate them with it and give it to them. So all cats have herpes. And sensitive cats with a lysine-deficient diet will have a lot of problems from it. Wow. So we've created, you know, a, a rash of, of uh, overt flare-ups of, of herpes by feeding food that's inappropriate for the cats. Wow. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. And now the iodine problem, now Hills has come out with this YD thyroid diet that's extremely low in thyroid, it, or in iodine, rather. It's so low in iodine that it does not meet AFCO standards. Wow. But when they feed it to hyperthyroid cats, their numbers come down their thyroid levels come down because there's not enough iodine in the diet for them to keep making the thyroid hormone. Well, yeah, let's see how far that gets you. Yeah. And they're warning, do not feed this to normal healthy cats because, you know, Uh because low iodine will also give you hyperthyroidism. How about that? Uh, Boy. (laughs) Like, so we've created... That problem between diet and vaccines, I think vaccines have a major role in that one. Yeah. Um, you know, but but, but between uh, crummy diets and excesses and deficiencies and all that stuff, we've created health problems that our cats never, ever saw. Hyperthyroidism was not ever, did not exist until 1975. Really? And we created it with with diet and all this other stuff. Oh my Flame God. retardants and and stuff that gets in the food and the water. Oh, it God. goes in the food chain, and then guess who eats it? Mm-hmm. You know, and guess who's sitting on the flame retardant soaked carpet and the flame retardant soaked bedding and the mm-hmm. flame retardant soaked couch, and then licking it off their fur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. No wonder we're having a, an epidemic of thyroid problems. Wow. So you know, huh. and it's a it, the this thyroid diet is a very simplistic notion, and I think it's going to end up hurting a lot of cats in the long run. Well, so. yeah, not and not just cats, but I'm thinking all the rest of us. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there's so much garbage in the air and the water and the food. I mean, we should be eating as close to nature as possible. Our pets should be eating as close to nature as yeah. possible. You know, stay out of the middle of the grocery store. Yeah. Stay in the, you know, in the meat, in the dairy and the vegetable sections, you know. Yeah. Stay, yeah. stay with the fresh stuff. Yeah. And that's 
so important. Oh, wow. I, I even had to learn how to make my own salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to trade recipes. Every, everything, I like everything in this store has corn because xanthan gum is in everything is made from corn. I'm trying to avoid corn. Mm-hmm. I have a little sensitivity to it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't have corn, it has wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, or some bit of it. Yeah, yeah or MSG. MSG. I was, I was horrified that my very favorite salad dressing MSG is not only in there, it's the second ingredient. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's a lot of shit. <laughs> MSG with a little flavoring. Won't, won't be buying that one anymore. No, I don't think so. Oh, and it's so easy to make, too. And, and it good. really is. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's a no-brainer. No. Uh, oh, you man. Know. But it it is not that hard to make food for our cats. I do want to warn people that, you know, most, I mean most, like 99.9% of the books and the e-books and the recipes and stuff, they're all great recipes. They're not balanced. Uh-huh. And they okay. they'll get you in trouble. Okay. You have to find a balanced recipe and, you have, you know, one that's been time-tested. And there are a few out there. Okay. Um Lisa Pearson, Dr. Lisa Pearson has a fabulous website, catinfo.org. Okay. And she has the best instructions on making a raw diet awesome. or a homemade diet. It doesn't have to be raw. You know, if people are nervous up about raw food, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I prefer raw, but not all cats can start on raw. Yes. And cats with inflammatory bowel disease or have compromised immune systems, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to cook it for a while and and uh and then gradually cook it less. Mm-hmm. But um I talked to a researcher from Hills um many many years ago. And she said that uh they had tested raw diets and cats did much better on raw diets. Mm-hmm. Hills knows this. Yes, of and course I they guarantee can. you. They can't the make money from it. The second that they see that the raw food market is going to be profitable, Mm -hmm. there will be a Hills raw food and an IAMS raw food Mm -hmm. and a Yukonuba raw food and a Purina raw food within a week. They've got got it ready to go. The minute that they think it's profitable, they'll be in it. And they're all making probiotics now because that's the latest big thing. Yep, yep. Thank you. Great <laughs> information. I know. Great. A lot. It's wonderful. I can only talk about this for I, I've been a few days. Who I <laughs> At least. I lose my voice or I would keep talking. Oh, crap. <clears throat> and me too. Oh, God. So you have some wonderful ebooks out there. I know people, you know, if you're, if, if you have a cat, you've got to know this information. I know you want to keep them healthy and well and strong for as long as possible. Um, if you're pro- having problems, then do the research. Go to littlebigcat.com. Um, check out Lisa Pearson's site, catinfo.org. Um, you know, learn how to switch your cat over to better foods. Uh, do what you need to do and do it now uh, as your yeah. cat's life depends on you. You know, your, yeah. their well-being switching depends food. on you. Let's talk one second about switching foods. Good, yeah. Um, because it's it's hard with cats. It is hard. It's really Especially difficult. If they're addicted. Yeah. They they've formed their food preferences as kittens. So if they've never had wet food, they will not know that it's food. Uh huh. Yeah. So you have to. There's all kinds of tricks. I have an article called "Switching Foods" on my website. Every trick I've ever heard of or <laughs> tried. Um, and it's uh, you know, but here's the. Thing. I know people who have taken two years to switch their cats. People try it for a week and give up. Ah. Be persistent. Be persistent. If it takes weeks, if it takes months, if it takes years, you are going to save yourself a boatload of money at the vet's office because you will not have all the health problems that uh, that, uh, dry food and uh, these these crappy foods cause. And you will... You know, you invest now. Yeah. Invest your time, invest your effort, invest your money now in your cat's health. Yes. Because once there's a problem, it's too late. Yeah. You can't, you can never get back to square one. You can get back partway, 
but yeah. you're never ever going to reach that the level of health your cat could have had. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very true. Ah, oh, thank you. So, so you have that on your website in your article database. Yep, and at the awesome. top left, there's a button that says article index, and it lists all of them. And it's called Switching Foods. Just scroll down and click oh. on it. And you get everything I know about it. Awesome. I know this is one of the hardest parts with working with kitties in my work, you know, um, is to encourage them to even give it a try, you know, to find a way that they will um, give us the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Like you said, they're looking at it going, that's not food. What uh, what are you putting that in my bowl for? Uh, My my cat that lived to be 20. Mm-hmm. had raw food available to her for three years before I ever saw her take a bite. Wow. <laughs> the other cat ate it. <laughs> yes. But Spirit, for whom Spirit Essences was named, of course. Really? Oh, my God. She was the most stubborn cat on the planet, yes. bar none. Yes, yes. I know people think they have stubborn cats, but they didn't meet Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> three years. <laughs> she sat and looked at it. <laughs> what is that? She wouldn't eat any, she wouldn't eat anything wet or people food until she was fifteen, and even though she had it offered to her her whole life. Wow. And you know what? The first thing she wanted lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know with cats. You just never know. Try no. everything. Yeah. I have snuck anything you can imagine into a cat, and it, you know. Anything you can get them to eat besides dry food. Uh-huh. Mayonnaise. Uh-huh. I've had good luck with mayonnaise. I love that. Uh, you know, okay. asparagus, anything. Mm-hmm. Just get them to try something new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something. And once they try one thing new and like it, then now we have a new synapse forming uh-huh. yep. in the brain yep. that yep. says, oh, okay, or maybe I could be open to another new thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it, you know, patience and persistence. I love that. I, I have to tell you a funny story. I When I first started working with my older cat, Tuxedo Kitty Peach, um, I, uh, so I wanted to get some greens in her. Uh, I don't remember why, but it, it seemed like that would be a good thing to offer her to help, you know, like, like you said, to offer something new to kind of explain band a bit, whatever. Anyway, I got the idea to offer her a bit of romaine lettuce with a bit of butter on it. Just kind of slip it on the butter there, a little bit of ghee, perhaps, a clarified butter. Um, And so I went, what the hell? So I got a little bit of it, and I smeared the stuff on it, and I offered it to her, and she went for that so fast, I I almost lost a finger. (laughs) She, She was literally going, put... Put that down and back away because it's mine. And by the way, why haven't you ever offered me this before? It's the most fabulous thing I've ever had in my life. And so I just gave it to her as long as she would eat it. And that was a long time. It was like that was the kind of the that cracked the door, you know, kind of opened yeah. her up to a whole new concept. And uh, from that point, uh, we had a great time. So. Yeah. That's just very interesting. You never well, know. Once tried lasagna, then she was all all yeah. about it. <laughs> hey, what else you got? What else you got? This is pretty good. Yeah, you might you might be on the right track. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt for just a moment. Yeah, uh, I love it. I do, I do like good. greens for cats. I put uh, uh, a spirulina product, Bio Superfood. They get they get that sprinkled on their food every day. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think there's some value in it and. And every species of wild cat has been documented to eat greens. Excellent. So they do need it. Normally they would get it in the stomach of their prey, but we're not feeding them the stomach of their prey. So Not usually, um, yeah. Not usually. So a little bit of um, greens, and I think that the blue-green algaes, the spirulinas, and the, you know, chlorella, bio superfood, whatever you got, bio preparation, um, I know there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Um, the um, what is it? Uh, the cat grass people. Uh-huh. They have treats that have um, have uh, chlorophyll, wheatgrass, um, dried wheatgrass mm-hmm. powder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my cats really like those. Uh huh. I think Bell Rock. I think they're in PetSmart and all that. Yeah. 
Right, um, right. Yeah, they're, those are good. Um, I, I do like a little greens for them. You yeah, know, when I yeah. when I make my cat's food, I do put um, baby food, uh, organic baby food. I used to buy the vegetables and steam them and puree them, and then I discovered that all that all of that stuff comes in jars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> was the best moment of my life! <laughs> I had so much more room in my freezer. <laughs> this is great news. I yeah. love it. That's so good. you know they like the sweet potatoes, but I get them things like spinach and and. Uh, and squashes and different things, mm-hmm. you know, and I mix that in with the meat and the supplements. Right. So they do get a little bit, you know, it's a little bit of carbs yeah. and it's a little bit of, you know, nutrients that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good point. Oh, I love this. Okay, Dr. Jean, we're running a little long here, so let's kind of wrap oh, it up surprise. a bit. I know. Oh, my God. We could, I could talk to you for days. This is, I'm loving you. Oh, so much. So, so much fun. I know, me too. <laughs> Disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> so so you have, let's just refresh, we've got um, several e-books, uh, What Cats Should Eat, How to Keep Your Cat Healthy with Good Food. You've got one on feline diabetes, the comprehensive guide from a holistic veterinarian, and Fat Cats, a holistic veterinarian's guide to your cat's health, healthy weight. Um, and so again, the books are at Little Big Cat. I'm working on. I'm working on more. I'm working uh, on uh, lower l- urinary tract disease and inflammatory bowel disease. Perfect. Oh, those are brilliant. Get them out yeah. soon. Um, so we'll keep looking for them. Let us know when you've got them out. Okay. Yes, we will. Um, and then, so again, your website is littlebigcat.com. Got the great articles. You got the bookstore, and of course, your books are on Amazon also. Um, oh, thank you. Thank You're you very so welcome. Much. It's been really fun talking to you. It has. I, I love this. It's long. Let's do it again. Yes, let's do. So I know there's lots more topics, so we'll make a date and, and do some more. I know people okay. need to know it. So thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. And I appreciate your time. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. Mm-hmm.